Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. We are two very, very tilted fellas over here. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> oh, Can't be too gosh. tilted. Yes, you can. And well, I am. Yeah, yeah. But the we'll draft get- the draft happened. This was like we've been building towards this. We got there. Yeah. We knew there was gonna be some highs, and there were most definitely some lows. There were indeed. Um there's a lot to get into. We're going to be basically giving our reaction for uh, the first three rounds of the NFL draft. Uh, we're recording this uh, Saturday, so round Saturday four will morning. be happening tonight. It no, may it have already happened at, by the time you're starts listening at, to this. It starts at 12. We're recording this a couple hours before that. Okay. I'm going to try and get this thing out while round four, like right before round four starts. But we'll but see how most goes. Most of the fantasy-relevant stuff is over. You're going to have some a few running backs still that we liked, maybe past tense, maybe still like them. We'll see because they will be day three picks, uh, maybe a couple of receivers. But the fantasy-relevant stuff for the most part is, is done, locked in. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple pieces of news to get into before we hop into the draft. Uh, obviously, the really big one, the low-hanging fruit here, Lamar Jackson signed his mega deal. He got five years up to $260 million. I think it was 185 guaranteed. Yeah. Um, gets all 50, things considered. Is it $53 million a year? It's, yeah. It's, it's I know he lot. beat Jalen Hurts. It's not like when they – it's, it's going to happen every time one of these guys signs a deal, but – yeah. Yeah, him I mean, waiting Burrow and Herbert are going to beat his deal. So yes, yeah. I mean, when Jalen Hurts signed his, I felt like that was a good sign for Lamar, just because Jalen Hurts' deal was not ridiculous. Like the reason why this probably took so long was because Deshaun Watson was the last deal to really get done uh, for a young quarterback. I mean, obviously Russell Wilson got a deal, Aaron Rodgers got a Deshaun's deal. Deshaun's deal was different. foolish. Deshaun's deal was stupid. I think that was Jimmy Haslam giving the bird to like the rest of the league because nobody else can pay that contract. That thing was ridiculous. Um, so for Jalen Hurts to sign one, obviously got paid a lot of money, but the guarantees, you know, it's it's not 230 or whatever it was that just is going to have the uh, the Browns in cap hell for four years. Um, yeah. That that <clears throat> sort of cleared the runway for. Uh, for uh, Lamar to get this deal done. So he signs 260 million over five years. He's locked in. I am very, very excited about the Ravens 2023 outlook. Um, I thought that perhaps, and this ties into our piece of news number two, I thought that perhaps they would go get DeAndre Hopkins. They I did thought not. They, would. they, uh, they I thought, I mean, out. I was seeing news pieces here and there, but I thought it was like, almost a done deal like the Ravens had locked in um, a deal for Hopkins. They were just waiting to do it on draft night. And then it started coming out later that maybe they would trade him, use him in a trade to get out of the third pick. So yeah, I mean, they're probably going to keep him. They, they, they probably will. Um, But what the Ravens did do, and this again, it hops into the draft stuff. The Ravens did draft a receiver. They got Zay flowers in the first round. So, you know, Zay Flowers is not DeAndre Hopkins, but it's definitely a nice piece added to the wide receiver room. The weapons look pretty good. Todd Munkin's there as the OC. I am of the opinion the Ravens are going to throw roughly 500 times next year. For context, 
Lamar Jackson has attempted more than 400 passes once in his NFL career. So that leap in passing volume would be huge. Um, and I think that, you know, 500 passes flat is not an absor- that's not an enormous amount. That would probably be, you know, 15th in the NFL or something like, uh, maybe even less than that. It might even be closer to like 20th. So it's not, it's not like they're going to immediately be a top 10 passing volume offense, but I do think that if they just throw the ball more than 430, 440 times, you're going to see the narrative change a little bit around these pass catchers is not going to be looked at as such a low volume offense. And I do think if Lamar passes more and gives you more passing production, his rushing production is probably not really going to dip all that much. He's, he's going to be electric for fantasy. He's back into the perennial top five for fantasy every year. Okay, why don't we hop into some early winners? We're going to obviously go through all these picks, but I do think it's worth mentioning all these veterans. Yeah, all these veterans that have, for the most part, seemingly dodged bullets. So I'm going to fire off some names at you. Um, Just hit me with whatever comes to mind. We have early winners, Cam Akers, Ramondre Stevenson, Khalil Herbert, Rashad White, Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins, Rashad Penny, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, and Tony Pollard. Um, so I was worried about Javante Williams just because of the injury. I thought that Denver would definitely probably take in a guy, and they still may. However, I'm far less worried about a day three running back than a day two running back taking any of his work when he comes back. So that's great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he... The the only guy there right now is Samaje Piran, and like he's fine, and he's probably going to be a huge value for fantasy, but he's not a rookie. Um, so yeah, I I do think it's a vote of confidence from Denver saying we believe Javante's our guy when he comes back healthy. Obviously, he's going to struggle until he's healthy, but it's not like somebody's going to have the chance to like steal his position as the team's RB one, I guess. Yeah. In the leagues I had him, I wasn't trying to move him like for, for nothing. Obviously I wanted decent value for him. Sorry, but I was, you know, trying to move him for more on the teams. I'm good, more of a chance to win now versus otherwise. But with this, I'm, I'm far more confident moving forward, having Javante Williams on the team. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, definitely good for J.K. Dobbins. I thought, um, obviously, Bijan did not fall there, but I thought they were a likely candidate to take him should he be there. Great for Tony Pollard because I thought that Jerry definitely was going to take either Gibbs or uh, Bijan, whichever one was there. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, uh, <laughs> you put Cam Akers on here, which uh, is great for camp makers. However, I don't think the Rams had a pick to even replace him anyway. So they did have a third round pick, an early third. Um, oh, they did. They took offense. I think they've had two or three picks in this draft so far, and they've taken all offensive linemen. That's that's <laughs> so, great. Honestly, that's that's better for camp makers. Yeah. So I didn't think that they <clears throat> would draft his replacement. I do think the coaching staff still loves camp makers, but. There was always the chance that, like, there's just nobody else there. It is literally Cam Akers. It's Kyron Williams. That is it. And Kyron Williams did positively nothing last year. So I'm not That's convinced he's worth anything. Cam Akers. Yeah. I'm not so going to project him. Think- I'm not going to be 
crazy like we were last year or the year before and project him as a top 10 running back or something like that. But I do think, I mean, I think top 20 is a reasonable expectation. I don't, I don't know if I'm ranking him there, but I think he, that's more than within the realm of possibilities. Go my, ahead. Uh, my spice spice. Take, he is my RB15 currently as I'm filling out my projections. I'd say that's that's relatively spicy. I was going to have him um, between early projections, which side note, um, I know you're working on rankings and projections. I'm going to do uh, my own rankings as well. We'll definitely have those out. Um, but I was probably going to have him in the 20 to 22 area, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. The other one worth mentioning here, Ramondre Stevenson. I guess Khalil Herbert as well. I fully expected Chicago to take a running back. Um, so them not doing that is obviously a huge vote of confidence for Khalil Herbert. I really thought the Patriots would take a running back, not because they needed one, but because they're the Patriots. I and was so scared. Um, I'm glad Gibbs went at 12, honestly, because I thought the Patriots were definitely going to take him. And if they did, yeah. I was going to like drop him down my rankings. <laughs> Ramondre is so good for fantasy and I would have projected I still I mean I've got him as a top 10 running back next year but if they would have taken honestly anybody in the top two rounds obviously that sinks that a ton even I mean there were some good guys that went in the third round like Kendra Miller goes in the third round Tajay Spears uh, Devon A. Chain so even if they took one of those guys like I would still be sort of scared about Ramondre at this point though as we're going into the fourth round likely it means they're probably going to take somebody at some point, but it doesn't mean most likely that that player, whoever they take, is going to be I mean, significantly at, at this point, stuff. worst case scenario for Ramondre is they bring in, what, like Sean Tucker or somebody? Who we both like Tucker, but I think I don't think Tucker really challenges him nearly as much as any of the other guys. No, I mean, at this point, fourth round and on, there's, there's a chance that a fourth round plus draft capital running back makes a fantasy impact, but it's like 15 to 20% chance instead of them being in the top three rounds where like if you're around three running back, it's probably closer to like a 50 or 60% chance you're pretty decent. A second round, it's like 75% you're really good. So, you know, those thresholds for what you decide is really good sort of changes person to person. Yeah, but it, it's it's much more of a long shot now. So, so those guys have escaped. I still do think that there's potential for uh, the Bengals, the uh, let's see here, the Vikings and the Chargers to take somebody. They've got aging running backs who's, in Cook, Mixon, Eckler. So I'm just thinking, um, uh, who's left that could go? I know Tucker. Zach I know Evans. Um, Zach Evans is still on the board. Bonaconda. Yeah. Um, Past that, those are the only ones I can really think of off the top of my head, though. Yeah, it's it's Evans, Abanaconda, and Tucker, I think, are the only three that could potentially spoil some some fantasy production from those guys. But why don't we hop into the well, no, we got some losers. We got some losers. There's two big ones. And finally, finally you get hurt by one, because everybody mm-hmm. knows the one that's gonna hurt me. But I actually don't have any shares of the other guy, but you do. I've got a couple. Uh well. We'll we'll keep the surprise, but uh, DeAndre Swift, he hang on, he one had second. you, yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how she just opened a closed door. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, 
DeAndre Swift had you major tilted already, and now it is full-blown, full tilt. Okay. <clears throat> now, I, I, now, now listen, you, I know you're probably going to call me crazy, but I think I think I have decent logic behind this this time. It's not just blind, unconditional love. Um, I think, if anything, this may be great, good for DeAndre Swift, because... Because this this shows me that the Lions have absolutely no use for DeAndre Swift, so I do think they are going to move him. This this shows their hand that they're they're done with him. They hate him. I don't know why. I don't know what he did, <laughs> but the Lions hate him, so they are going yep. to move him. They drafted DeAndre Swift 2.0, which means if obviously if they keep him, I'm not an idiot. If they keep him, he's a at best a low end RB three. Yeah. But I do not think they keep him at this point. So Dynasty, you can't sell him right now, but I think I think they will trade him, which will it can't hurt his value. It's only going to be good if they trade him. Yeah. And then even if they don't, he's going to walk next year and someone else will sign him. Yeah, I mean, I do think to a certain extent you're right. It can't get worse. I can't see a, a way it gets worse personally because – even in my own projections right now, I mean, I just went in this morning and sort of did a rough pass at that backfield. I mean, I've got Gibbs as like a top 12 running back. I've got David Montgomery as like 20 to 25-ish. And that just sort of leaves Swift as the odd man out where he's, I mean, there, there's just no room for him to do anything. There's nothing that he can do that and, they and don't already me, have somebody the to guy, do. The guy is talented, like literally the only knock on him is he gets injured. But when he is on the field, he is an electric player. Yeah. Which, is, I the mean, it's the is, same as Gibbs. Right, yeah. The problem is Gibbs is as good, if not a better player, than Swift yeah, is. Yeah, well, and, I, and I'm not going to argue that. I mean, Gibbs, he he probably would have been the RB2 in that class uh, when, when Swift came out. Because Swift was my RB2 that year behind yeah. Jonathan Taylor, and Gibbs would have been behind Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Swift yeah. would have been three. So Gibbs is a better player, but Swift is not far behind him. Right. But the they're, fact that you have a off. guy this talented, you can't, if you're the Lions, you can't let him sit on your bench. Like as talented as he is, you have to trade him, get something for him. They can let him sit on their bench. They can, <laughs> but <laughs> they don't real life perspective. Like I don't, the, I think the Gibbs pick is a bad pick. From a real life perspective, yeah, I mean, like pick you value and everything. Yeah, you can't take him that high. Yeah, they probably they traded back, and I him. thought it was clutch because I I thought they were going to take Christian Gonzalez, which is who I thought they would take at six. Right, right. But reports have come out that they were comfortable taking Gibbs as high as six, meaning they would have taken him over Bijan. Lord, which is, I mean, I I can't imagine watching the film turning that on and thinking Gibbs is a better player than Bijan. But Gibbs is like Gibbs is great. We're not knocking the player. No, that's not a knock because Bijan's incredible. Yeah. But anyways, they they took him very, very high. And it's just, you know, you, you hate it, but the math says Swift is toast. He's done. Yeah, Swift, Swift unless is out. they trade him. So that's unfortunate. Also, he 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 my Seattle Seahawks had one of the better first rounds I have seen in a long time. And then in the second, like I was, I was so excited, man. We got Jackson Smith and Jigba. We got 
maybe my favorite corner. <laughs> and then in the second round, they're like, hey, Kenneth Walker, F you, Zach Charbonnet. Screw you, man. What the crap? Josh, go ahead. You, you take this one. What the crap? So. I have thoughts um, on it, but you just tell me when you're ready. <laughs> I'll let you take a minute here. Okay. Uh, real life, actual NFL winning and losing games. This is fantastic because Zach Charbonnet is a really good player. But for fantasy, this is just the worst because Kenneth Walker is an incredible player. And the problem is, so is Zach Charbonnet. And they're going to have to play both of them because they took Charbonnet as the third <laughs> running back off the board in the yeah, second round. You can't take round. him in the mid-second round and just not play him, use him as solely a handcuff. You cannot. But in my mind, there's two ways this goes. Either the Seahawks wanted a 1B complement to their 1A in Kenneth Walker. I do think without a doubt, unless he gets hurt, Kenneth Walker is the lead back in whatever form of committee comes oh, yeah. out of this. It's just a matter of he's, how much of a committee is it. He's better than yes. Char Zach Charbonnet. I'm not going to argue that. But Zach Charbonnet himself is a phenomenal talent. Like Zach Charbonnet yes. would have been the RB3 out of last year's class for us. He's the RB3 in this year's class, but the RB3 last year yeah. right behind Kenneth Walker. So – I think Kenneth Walker, as phenomenal of a talent as he is, and he is better, he's not that much better than Zach Charbonnet. And you're not, again, you're not going to spend a mid second round pick and not play Charbonnet. And the right. fact that Charbonnet is a pounder like Kenneth Walker is, is not good. Yeah. So there's, there's the possibility where he is a 1B complement to Walker's 1A. I could also see it being a situation where Seattle wanted another running back in the rotation. And rather than waiting for the fourth round to come around and taking one of those guys, they said, hey, Charbonnet is the best running back available. And the guy we like. we're just going to take a good running back. And they're going to still play Kenneth Walker a lot. And Charbonnet is going to be the rotational piece, which if you were in on Charbonnet, that sucks. Regardless, it sucks because Charbonnet is not going to be a lead back. Yeah, he was my, uh, I don't know about you. You probably were the same. He was the fourth skill player on my like overall list behind Bijan Gibbs and JSN. He was four yes. for me. I was, I was I mean, very before high the draft. Him. I was debating Addison or Charbonnet pretty much. I would have taken Charbonnet. I probably would have too. Now that's, that's not even an argument, but, but yeah, um, it really sucks if you're in on Charbonnet. Cause I think that really craps all over his value. He's not going to be, I mean, we compared him to James Conner. That's not going to happen unless Kenneth Walker gets hurt. So, I don't know. I, th I think I, I can see a very distinct possibility where they just liked Charbonnet and took him to be a complement piece rather than being a, uh, a heavily involved 1B. I, I could totally see them doing that. I think... And you you tell me what you think. I think it's going to be – obviously, it's going to be very split. I think Kenneth Walker probably leads a 60-40 split, maybe, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's who's going to get the goal line. You kind of think, 
like an Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon sort of combination. You know they're going to run the ball a ton. The problem is for a bigger back, I think Charbonnet is the better receiver of the two. He is. He is. And and I think that's part of why they took him. They view him as somebody they can put in on third down. He's a good pass blocker too. Um, so Kenneth Walker, I mean, he he never gave you fantasy points as a pass catcher, though. And so yeah. I don't know how he much had one I game where he tilt. had six catches. That was it. Right. Like, I don't know how much I need to tilt on him because all his production came off of like him ripping huge runs and scoring touchdowns, which which I mean, I don't, I don't think, think that's that going to stop either. Yeah. I mean, I do think he's going to get a lot of big runs, but instead of getting 20 carries a game, he might get like 15 which is a bummer, but he can still deliver fantasy value on 15 carries. Yeah, but in that same sentence, he now has to do – he has to rip big runs and he has to score touchdowns. He can't – like like Alvin Kamara could have 15 touches a game yeah. and get you 16, 17 points because nine of those touches were receptions. Right. Whereas Walker's not going to catch passes, so he's got to have 15 carries, you know, either 120 yards or he's got to have 15 carries – 80 yards and a touchdown like right right so it's going to be a little bit brutal um it's going to make kenneth walker much very more boomer, boomer bust, bust. Yeah. yep all right, all right so why don't same time <laughs> okay let's go let's let's, let's talk let's about the rookies the themselves picks. all right quarterbacks we felt their impact now they're here yeah so bryce young goes number one to the carolina panthers yeah not surprising at all i think the the quick summary of this is um i don't see him being a top 20 quarterback in year one um i don't even yeah i don't see him being a top 20 quarterback year one because i don't know how much he's going to run and those weapons around him need to develop a bit more he's probably going to throw for like i don't know 3500 yards and maybe 20 touchdowns year one um he's he's going to show flashes. i can see him hitting the qb2 range um year one I could see it, but I don't I don't know. I don't know how stoked about that for year one I am. Now, for his future, I do think 4,000 yards, 30-plus touchdowns passing is very much in the realm of possibilities for him. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a great quarterback evaluator, obviously. I'm doing this podcast. But <laughs> everyone that I listen to, um, they all love Bryce Young. The only thing they're worried about, obviously, is his size. But that's been the concern the whole time. The Panthers are heavily invested they paid a ton to go get him which means i mean that tells me they are they fully believe in bryce young so if they fully believe in bryce young that much then so do i yeah they're going to put pieces around him it's kind of bleak right now which so i agree with you year one can kind of be hit or miss but moving forward i think they'll be fine they're gonna add stuff and i think frank reich will be a good – I mean, he's a quarterback whisperer, that guy. He's going to get the most possible out of Bryce Young. And I'm not worried about his arm strength. I think the arm strength is fine. He processes the game on the mental level as good as anyone. So Bryce Young, probably a low-end QB2 year one. But, I mean, he's – is he is he a top 12 dynasty quarterback right now? No. No? He's close. He's close, but he's not there for me yet. Um, yeah, CJ Stroud at two. I think it's a similar situation with a bit more Texans gaslighted everybody on this one. They did. They did a great job not letting <laughs> anybody think they were going to take CJ Stroud. Um, 
there's a misnomer out there. So they they traded up for Will Anderson. They did use their first round pick next year to do that. Everybody thinks they don't have a first round pick next year. They've still got Cleveland's pick. They have a ton of draft capital. They got a crap load of picks. So they they can still draft weapons. The problem is year one, the weapons, like we said, Carolina's weapons aren't good. Houston's weapons are worse. They're bad. Yeah, I was um, he's, initially he's excited struggle. because when they when they took Stroud, I was like, they're a hundred percent taking Jackson Smith and Jigba with their twelfth pick. There's no way they don't. And then they traded that pick to go get Will Anderson. Yeah. So that that hurt Stroud for me a little bit because I I mean, who does he have there? Is Brandon Cook still there? No, they traded him, didn't they? No, they, he's got Robert Woods, he's got Nico Collins, and he's got John Mechie. That's not good. That's not great. Well, they they do have Dalton Schultz, but you know he's a tight end. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. Weapons are not ideal. It's but, Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce in the backfield, so that's that's not great either. Same argument though for Bryce Young. They took him at at two. Yep. Which means they believe in him. So. If they believe in him for fantasy, I believe in him. Yeah, he a lot of people had him as their QB one anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I can see him also being productive. Um, again, questions about rushing floor are there with him because he just didn't run the ball a ton in college, but he showed got, flashes. He it's the same. I think um, the same thing for him and Bryce Young. Like people say, they don't run. Like they have the athleticism to run. They just really didn't have to at Alabama and Ohio State. Yeah. So. I think when it breaks down, like they will have a rushing floor in the league. It won't be Anthony Richardson, who we'll talk about in a second, but it'll be, I'm not, it doesn't scare me off of him. Yeah. Um, why don't we hop into him? Anthony Richardson goes there at four is. to the Indianapolis Colts. This was awesome because I thought they were going to take Levis and I hoped to God they would not take Will Levis. I thought they would take Levis too. Richardson is, he's so exciting. He is very raw. He needs to develop. But I yeah, think I he might be in a situation where he could. I don't, I don't know, but I think the fourth pick tells me he's going to play year one. I just don't know how much. And they, they fully – if you take him at four, they believe in him. Steichen is yeah. – this is his building block. And they have Gardner Minshew, which I think Gardner Minshew is a very serviceable quarterback. Yep. So that's why I don't know if he plays much in year – he'll get time, obviously, but I don't think he plays much – um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like that's an organization. I feel confident them building around him. They're pretty well run. They've already got good pieces there. Now they've got a great offensive line. Even if he has to play one, they have Jonathan Taylor and you just give the ball to him 30 times. You don't even have to let Richardson throw it that much. And yeah. if he does have to throw it, Michael Pittman's there. And I like my, and Pittman. Josh Downs, they drafted and him Josh, as well. They took Josh Downs too. I, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a, He's a guy that slid. That was a that's a really solid slot receiver. So that I think that helps a lot as well. Um, Richardson, I mean, we everybody he only played thirteen about his college ceiling. games. He did. He's very much a la Trey Lance coming into yeah. this Mitchell Trubisky kind of thing, where there's just not a lot of college film on him. So um, you, that you really need you need him to not play much year one. You do, but I think there's a few things in his favor. Right, you've got Shane Steichen who coached Justin Herbert his rookie year. He coached Jalen Hurts the last two years. Oh, yeah. He he knows how to get a lot out of his quarterbacks. He does. And he also coached uh, Phillip Rivers for a while with the Chargers. So And, like, on Justin Herbert's level, like, people had a lot of questions about him coming in there the same as, as Anthony Richardson. Right. So if Steichen believes that he can get a lot out of him, then 
he has been two for two with his last two attempts to make a quarterback good. So and they were both of them had questions, and Jalen Hurts is about the same player as Jalen or as uh, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I mean Hurts is probably a little bit more polished, but man, Richardson. Yeah, he had more experience in college, better coaches in college, but yes. Uh, so it'll it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. I do think the minute he steps on the field, he might suck as a real life quarterback, but he's probably going to be pretty good for fantasy. The like worst case scenario when he starts, he's top ten. That's worst case scenario. That's not worst case scenario because like uh, Justin Fields, his first year was like fourteen points per game, and he was like QB eighteen or something. So yeah, like, I guess that's fair. I guess there, that's fair. there's there. That's not the worst. The worst case I like scenario Anthony is Richardson he's a really lot. awful. <laughs> I <laughs> like Richardson's exciting. I like him for fantasy. I don't know about yeah. it for real life, but I love Anthony Richardson for fantasy. He's he's quite exciting. Uh, Will Levis goes with the second pick in the second round to the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. Yeah, no, I Titans have I, three mid quarterbacks. They're having a mid off for quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a believer in Will Levis. He just, I mean, I, I think we have said it. If you've been listening to the show, you realize you already know Will Levis. We're not super stoked about him. I don't think he went to a bad situation, but I also don't think he went to a great one either. And I just don't believe in him as a player. So I'm not going to buy into the fact if that he, he had gone top 10, I'd buy into it because obviously something somebody saw something that they liked. But the fact that he fell this far, the Titans traded up to get him in the second round, which, I mean, there's been good second-round quarterbacks in the past. Yep. He's got the physical tools. He has a rushing floor, too, if he ends up starting. But he's very raw, and I just I don't see the Tennessee Titans as a team that are going to polish him up to be a good player. Yeah. Last one, Hennon Hooker goes to the Detroit Lions at the top of the third like this. round. This one is exciting. Because like uh, he gets to, there's no pressure for him to start year one. He probably couldn't even anyway because the ACL. Um, it's a great situation. Jared Goff is there for him to kind of learn under. You want to talk I, about having weapons around him? Yeah, I mean Jamison Williams when he gets his head out of his butt. Uh, Amonra St. Brown, running backs for days like we talked about. They also took uh, a tight end, Sam Laporta, who I think yeah. is going to be pretty solid. So. There's a lot there, and that offensive line is incredible. A great it's offensive elite. line. So that's what you want to be as a rookie. It's just a matter of can he show, um, can he show good things in practice to get the trust of the team in order to get on the field? Because yeah. if not, they'll just keep rolling with Jared Goff. Yeah. I mean, Jared Goff. I, I don't think Hennon Hooker sees the field at all year one, and I don't even mm-hmm. want him to because I think Jared Goff is going to be fine right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the I think. As questionable as the Gibbs pick was, I think the Lions are going to be really good. I think they they might win that division, honestly. Yeah, they probably will. I, I would yeah. bet on them. I mean, I don't, I don't have confidence in the Vikings at all, even though I do. We'll talk about him later. I do like their first round pick. Yep. I don't, I don't think they they do a whole lot. Let's jump to running backs. We Here have we in the first round Bijan and Jameer Gibbs go both in the top fifteen, which is fantastic. Did not see them. that coming. I didn't either. I thought I would. I thought neither would go before twenty, and they both went. Both up. of these running backs, it was like I screamed at my TV, "No!" at each pick because <laughs> I wanted Atlanta to take Jalen Carter. We yeah, need, we need the linemen. We need linemen in a massive, massive way. We need linemen and quarterback. Yeah, 
like and it's not even that i have shares of algier but like obviously i don't have a ton invested in it but i like him and i think he's fine like we're not going to be a bad running attack with tyler algier as the lead back and i'm not saying any of this to take away from Bijan because Bijan robinson is a thousand percent going to be a game changer on the field there is not a running back in the league that with the exception of maybe Taylor and Barkley that can do what he can do on the field. He's going to, aside from injuries, the dude is going to have like 1,500 yards plus this year. Yep. Yep. He's going to be a wrecker. And y'all's offensive line, like for all the stuff you need, your offensive line is pretty good. Yeah, we have a really good offensive line. We have no quarterback. This is... This no. is bad for Kyle Pitts and Drake London, too, because this means like yes. the Falcons are going to super run the ball. So if yes. you thought that we didn't throw the ball last year, it's going to be more of the same this year. Yeah, you're going to run the ball a ton. They're going to give 300-plus touches to Bijan. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts could have a 60% target share this year and have 45 <laughs> targets. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're basically gearing up for whichever quarterback they eventually do get. He's going to have so many shiny toys. But to the problem with. is we're never going to have a draft pick high enough to do it. Like, we're going to be just mid for the next year. Like, Bijan is going to help our team win, but it's not going to help us win 12, 11 games and win the division. Right. So yeah. we're going to finish, like, 8 and 9, 9 and, nine and 8 every year. I do. Th- I, I there will come a point. I mean, the Panthers are were sort of in the same boat where they were never going to be bad enough to get the number one pick, but then they went and got the They're number. Never one good pick. enough to win the division, right? So I, there will come a point where they've had enough of just kind of being on the quarterback carousel, and they're going to go get somebody. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if it'll end up being because they're so bad that they luck into a good pick, or if they have to trade up for one. But uh, but from a team building standpoint, aside as a Falcons fan aside, I do, I am excited to have Bijan on the team. Like he's going to be so much fun to watch. And this, like I've seen some people in forums were like, they were mad. Like, see, I told you not to trade everything for Bijan. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like this was the destination for a running back to land. Like this was the ideal spot. He could yep. not have had a better landing spot. No, no, he could not have. I mean, they're because volume is going to be insane. They're going to run the ball a ton, and they're and Arthur Smith like throw the ball a lot. Yeah, they're not going to throw the Damn. ball a lot. So, but Arthur Smith knows how to use running backs. Like he's going to be good. He's going to score touchdowns, and he's going to rush for yards. Yep. Like a lot of them, and he's going to get a lot of targets because it's not like because so because they have Algier, they can put Algier in the backfield and line Bijan up in the slot if they wanted to, yeah. and have Pitts, London, and Bijan as your receivers. That's probably better. I mean, he's probably a better slot receiver receiver they had on their roster yeah and it's it's not i mean obviously algier is just a handcuff these days but algier is still going to have a role because we're going to run the ball that much yes you're going to run the ball dang near 500 times yeah so he's he's going to have a role still it's just going to be incredibly diminished he's probably going to average like six or seven fantasy points a game which is terrible i mean I, there's, there's play, a world but, where he has like i think he could have we're just because of how much we'll run the ball he could have five, six hundred yards, six touchdowns, something like that. Potentially, potentially. Yeah. There so, is also Cordero Patterson as well to factor in. But he's, he's like thirty-four years old. I know, but he's he'll get a couple of touches. Yeah. <laughs> just, 
It, like he'll be enough before he gets hurt. He'll piss Bijan owners off just enough. Probably. Uh, we talked about Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet. <clears throat> Gibbs goes at the one twelve. We we, we didn't talk as much about second. Gibbs though. We talked about more the impact. Okay. And I, I I think Gibbs is he's, he's top fifteen this year because you don't draft him that high and not use him. Like the dude is going to get touches. I'm gonna pull I think, up. My I think Montgomery Gibbs. Montgomery will out carry him because Gibbs is not built to handle that load. But that offense is so good, and he is such a good receiving back that he's going to be electric when he gets the ball, and he's going to get the ball in space and in uh, like high-scoring opportunity roles. Yeah. I've currently got him projected for, what is that, 1,300 uh, total all-purpose yards and um, 11 touchdowns. So for me, in half PPR, that comes out to 14.9 fantasy points per game, which it is could be, a top prime. Player. I mean, prime Alvin Kamara role right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't, I don't have him as a thousand yard rusher. I've got him at like 850 no, yards rushing, but like 600 receiving. Yeah. I think there's almost, there, there's no world where I think he gets enough just carries to have a thousand yards rushing, but he will have over a thousand total yards. Yes. Cause he could have, 90 carries and 90 receptions. Yeah. That's how good he is. Yeah. And I do think that uh, David Montgomery will be interesting. I have him projected. He will be the primary ball carrier, quote unquote. Yes. Yes. Um, And probably the primary goal line back too. If there is will be the lightning to his thunder. Yeah. But Gibbs will just get, but Gibbs lightning is that good that he's going to be better for fantasy than right. He he's going to be very very good for fantasy without maybe having as many touches. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, okay. the The new RB three in the class for me is it's no longer Charbonnet. It's Kendra Miller, who was taken at the top of the third round by the New Orleans Saints. I think he's, I think he's very intriguing. Um, he was somebody that I liked on tape when we were going through. When we were doing the draft kit, looking at all these running backs, Kendra Miller was a guy that I liked, but I had no clue where he would go in the draft. I didn't know if he would go in the third round or the fifth round. And I if, thought it was going to be fifth round. I, I didn't think I had a, high. I had a feeling it would be later. But like as a pure runner, he doesn't really offer you much as a pass catcher. But as a pure runner, the dude is electric. He averaged like six and a half yards of carry at TCU. He was so good as just a pure rusher. I mean, Zach Evans transferred because Kendra Miller took his job. Yeah. So he's he's a really good player. And I think he's going into a situation where he's going to get the chance the first probably four, six weeks or so to be a bell cow. And then Alvin Kamara will come back from whatever suspension he likely gets. And I can see Alvin Kamara being the third down guy and Kendra Miller stealing a lot on first and second down. And oh, Jamal uh, Williams is still there now. He is. He is. Uh, but frankly, I mean, it's Jamal Williams' third team. I know he's beloved in the NFL, but top of the third round draft capital is enough for me to believe that what the guy I saw on film, which was a really talented player, I just didn't know where he would go. The situation being one where he's probably going to get pretty decent amount of work early on. Um, and then just like the lack of stud other players around him, I, I have a feeling Kendra Miller could be pretty interesting. Yeah. 
And I also like uh, Devon A. Chain, where he landed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, Devon A. Chain, there's no world at all where he's ever a bell cow running back. But Miami needs a running back, and they got one, and he fits everything that they seem to be want to be doing. They have three, four, five guys on their starting offensive lineup that run four, sub 4-3, four, Waddle, Tyreek, um, Raheem Mostert, and now Devon A-Chain, all of them just lightning rods on the field. So yeah. he's not going to have that many touches, but in the system he's in, I think he can be very productive and sneaky good for fantasy. Yeah, I agree. I think he's <clears throat> like – like remember Miami, Owen to was to me, was like one ago, of the destination like running backs, destination landing spots for a running back this year. Go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no, no. I mean, you're right. That was that's a very good spot, and I don't think a chain will get more than 15 touches a week. He's probably like a 10 to 12 touch a week guy, but like really high value touches in those 10 yeah. to 12. So, you know, I could see him getting. It might even be more than 10, 12. It might be the kind of player that gets like 10 carries a week and four catches, five catches. Um, but any one of those could be a massive play because he's he's a lightning in a bottle kind of guy. And I'm not saying to go all in on him either for fantasy, but I, I mean, obviously, the, I love the landing spot. I like him as a talent. The size is obviously a question, but I, I love what he can do on the field and in that system. Yeah. Uh, rounding out the third round, the other guys worth a mention. Ty J Spears <clears throat> goes mid third round to the Titans. I personally am not wowed by that landing spot. I mean, Derrick Henry's still there. Obviously, Derrick Henry's old, but. Spears doesn't profile as a three-down back. To me personally, I know some people think he does. I'm kind of lukewarm on it on him. And then uh Tank Bigsby goes at the it, end of the third round. It doesn't help that goes. it's a Titans offense that is descending right now. Like once Henry yes. is gone, I think that team completely rips everything apart and starts from the ground up. Yeah. And then uh Tank Bigsby goes to Jacksonville, which is obviously not ideal because not what I know, wanted for him. CTN's there. <laughs> I was really hoping he would go to um, either the Bills or the Bengals. Yeah, that would have been. I mean, I've, you, obviously, you can say that for any running back, but I, I knew they they both needed one, and I thought in the third round he would fall there, and one of them would take him. Yeah, he's he's kind of like a Latavius Murray kind of guy. He's probably going to hang around the NFL because I don't think he's bad, and he's he's going to be a good rotational <laughs> he's gonna guy. Be one of those but guys, he like comes in and. When a starter's hurt, is like super good for three, four games a year, and him. Yep. But he's never the starter. Yeah. So, wide receivers. There's a lot of good stuff here. Um, Seattle took Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's not what I wanted. Round. But it. I but don't to mind be fair, it. To be I, no, no, no. I don't mind it. But to be fair, I was the the entire draft. Like I wanted him to go to the Chargers, and he kept falling and falling and falling. I'm like, dude, I know it's not going to happen, but he could go to the Chargers. And then he falls to there. I'm like, oh my god, he's going to go to the Chargers. It's going to happen. I'm taking him over Bijan in rookie drafts. Like obviously not. That's crazy. <laughs> but just you know, I love Justin Herbert. I'm like, he is going to be so good with yeah. the Chargers. And this is the third time I just screamed at my TV, no, because I like Jack Smithy. No, because the Chargers <laughs> were the next pick. I'm. You got to be kidding me! <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, the Chargers would have been a better. It's a decent landing spot. It's not a bad bad spot at all. Yeah, I. The Chargers is probably going to be his best landing spot. But I, I mean, Seattle's still like really solid. 
He is my belief that he is a 92, potentially 100 catch player has not diminished by him going to Seattle. I do think this is another it one won't happen immediately, but it could happen. You're, you're just betting on the talent. Like I don't, I don't, I do not understand the people who are low on Jackson Smith and Jigba from a player's point. The dude is phenomenal. He's not the people who are low on me are only low because he's a burner. He's never been not not a burner. He's never been a burner. He's never going to be a burner. That's not what he does. He's a slot receiver who can play on the outside. He is an elite separator, and I mean elite, elite quickness. He can get open on anybody. I'm not worried about that. He's going to dominate from the slot. Tyler Lockett's going to be a problem year one, but he. I mean, I don't think he'll be on the team next year. I sort of I look know. at it the other way around. I think in Jigba is going to be a problem for Lockett. Yeah, I th- I think at least for the start, because you know Seattle um, and the fact that they drafted uh, Charbonnet is another problem, which means they're going to be very, very heavy run oriented. But And I think for the first part, when they're running two uh, wide receiver sets, it'll be DK and Lockett. Yeah. But when it's three wide receiver sets, I mean, Jigba's going to dominate, man. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be really, really solid. I think... I don't know if I have the stones to project it, but I think he's going to be close to 90 catches his rookie year. Yeah. I mean, he, just the role he plays with that slot guy, he operates over the middle and is just – he has a rare ability to get open that not many guys can do. Like, it's yeah. – It's different. It's maybe blasphemy, but like Justin Jefferson ability to just get open. Yeah. Yeah. Quentin Johnston goes to the Holy Land, ends up on the Chargers one pick later. I was very mad at first about this. <laughs> yeah. I was extremely mad because I wanted to take Zay Flowers. I'm like, oh, because that's not what they need. Like, they I would have, have preferred Williams. any of the other three receivers that went <laughs> in the first Addison, round. Addison, Zay Flowers, anybody, not Johnston. <laughs> yeah. But in My the question, end. Yeah, go ahead. It's a great landing spot. He's tied oh, to a Hall of Fame quarterback. This was the ideal wide receiver landing spot for the draft of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not in love with Johnston as a prospect. No, my I don't questions about terrible. him beforehand were still there. Like, I, I don't think he has good footwork. He doesn't get open. He's not as fast as I thought he was. He only ran a 4.52. I really thought he was going to be mid to low 4.4. Um, and he, he does not catch with his hand. He's a body catcher. But, I mean, maybe Kellen Moore and those guys can uh, can get that out of him. Because, to be fair, at TCU, he didn't really have to catch with his hands because he was he didn't play against great competition. He was kind of just open all the time. So, yeah. But I, 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 I had him really low, but you're gonna, I'm going to have to move him up my ranking, same as you, because it's the Chargers. Like, that was the landing spot. Yeah. So, I mean, year one, he's going to have a lot more impact than if he would have gone somewhere else. And they're like we have talked about the negatives a lot with him, but there are some positives. Yeah, I he's mean, it's really great after the catch. Yeah, really, really great after the catch. Um, but it's getting the ball to him. <laughs> that part seemed difficult at times. Like getting him the ball in his hands where he can run afterward. That part seemed difficult. But once he got the ball, Which he's that's really where good. all the problems in his game come in. Is he doesn't get open that well, and he doesn't make contested catches that well. Yeah, uh, but once he has the ball. He's phenomenal, and I do think with Keenan Allen there, with Mike Williams there, year one, he like there's he's not going to be pressure. He's got room on him to, to develop. Open. Like it's not going to be. Yes. I need you to get open year one. I need. Yes. No, Mike Williams and Keenan got that. You go on the slot outside wherever you need to here and there in games, and they'll. I think be fine. they'll. I think they'll scheme <clears throat> him 
more touches. So I, I think he's going to be fine. I'm not great for Justin Herbert to have another weapon. Yeah, I, he's going to be a solid end of first round rookie pick in Superflex, mid first round and one quarterback. He's he's going to be fine. Um, Zay Flowers goes a pick after that to the Ravens. That's see these these last two picks hurt me because that was <laughs> that's not who I wanted the Chargers to take. And then this is like bad news for Zay Flowers going to Baltimore. Even though I think yeah. like I agree with you, Baltimore is going to throw more. They still got Mark Andrews is still the one. Yep. And they got Odell. Yeah. And uh, Rashad Bateman is something. He's alive. Uh, he's I'll alive. Give him that. <laughs> I do think I want to float this out and see how you feel about it. I think there's a possibility Zay Flowers ends up being the second pass catcher in the offense year one. I don't know oh, yeah. how likely it is, but I think it's very possible Mark Andrews is the one, Zay Flowers ends up being the two. Yeah, I mean, they have Odell, but I don't think I don't think Odell is that. He's not that guy anymore. They did pay him $15 million. Yeah, and they overpaid him. <laughs> I mean, I, I, Odell, was he might give you four good games this year. Yeah. Before he gets I, hurt. Potentially. I, I don't really know what to expect out of Odell, I'll be totally honest with you. I do know in the scout process, Zay Flowers, he was, without the benefit of landing spots, he was pushing my wide receiver too. Like it was He's him and juice. Jordan Addison. Yeah, he is... And kind of like, not not to the level of JSM, but the dude can get open. He's mm -hmm. got juice and he can get open. Yeah, and I <clears> think... Which, I mean, I agree with you to that point. Like, he could be the two in Baltimore just because of that. Like, he's going to yeah. he's gonna end up a favorite target of Lamar. I, I agree. And I think he... I don't think he's exclusively a slot either. I think he can play outside. I've heard, and this sounds blasphemous, I know, but I've heard Antonio Brown comparisons... To Zay Flowers' game, that's like what. And he's speaking of that, did, Antonio Brown, do we ever hear if that's legit that he's signing with the Ravens? That's not legit. It's not. No. Are you sure? Yeah, that's that's not legit. Okay. <laughs> that was one of those where he said, "I'm signing with the Ravens," and the Ravens were like, um, "Antonio what? Brown has agreed to terms with the Ravens." Unfortunately, the Ravens did not agree to terms with Antonio <laughs> Brown. Right. That's exactly what that was. Uh, so yeah, Zay Flowers is exciting, and you know all the stuff I said about Lamar applies here. Uh, you know, I think Zay Flowers might people might avoid him because of what they perceive the offense to be. I don't necessarily think the perception of the offense is the truth going forward. Um, so yeah, Zay Flowers is still really interesting for me. But maybe the biggest winner or riser in the wide receivers uh, taken in the first round was Jordan Addison going to the Vikings which is talent plus ideal landing spot, to me, he's set up to be really good. Yeah. He's not going to be the one there. He's never going to be the one there. However, we've seen the two in Minnesota be very good many, many times. We have also seen several times recently where the two on an offense is still a fringe top 12 wide receiver or even a top 12 wide receiver if they throw the ball a lot, which... Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, when they were there, Julio and Calvin Ridley. Um, Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown. T. Devonta Higgins, Smith, Jamar Chase. Tyler, uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Like, all those yeah. guys. So... <laughs> now, granted, they have elite quarterback play. And Kirk is very good. Kirk is... But, Kirk provides fantasy value. Kirk himself is yeah. not elite, but he provides fantasy value. This is great for the Vikings offense as a whole. 
It's great for Justin yeah, seen, Jefferson. I've seen some people say it's bad for Justin Jefferson because I, no, I, I no, don't think great. it is. Jefferson is still the one. Yes. He's still the one overall. He's the best receiver in the league right now. Yes. But now he's not going to be triple covered every play. It's not you're not gonna have those games when their whole offense gets shut down and he has two for twelve. That will not yeah. happen with Jordan Addison and then because you don't cannot, forget you can't that TJ Hawkinson is still there too, and he's an elite tight end. Yes. So yeah, this is this is a great, great landing spot. And I think Jordan Addison, for what will be needed of him in Minnesota, he's gonna be incredibly effective. Like he wasn't gonna work everywhere, but I think he would work there. Yeah. So I think that's um no, go ahead. We'll we'll talk about uh, this team probably in a little bit here. Uh, we're so there's obviously receivers are taken in the second and third round. We don't need to talk about every single one of them. I think yep. if you want to pull out players that are interesting, I know for me, Jonathan Mingo was taken by Carolina like. at the top of the second round. That's incredibly interesting. Um, he's going to be tied to Bryce Young. He got don't think really good draft good. capital. I don't know how good he is. I didn't scout him a ton. I'll be honest. I've watched a little bit of him, and he was fine. He could develop into something nice, but you've got, like, measurably, he's incredible. It's just that, like, his production on the field wasn't fantastic. Um, but he's going to have a good quarterback, albeit maybe not year one, going into a good situation. He's got great draft capital. Top of the second round is really solid for a receiver. Um and the team gave up a lot of picks, so it's not like they're going to go draft a first-round receiver next year or even a second-round receiver next year because they just don't have the picks to do so unless they you know, finesse something and trade up. So yeah, Mingo probably is not the wide receiver one immediately, but he could be. Yeah. And um, you know, I don't think we know how good he could be per se, but um, I think his floor is going to be pretty safe considering the team's invested in him and he's going to have a good quarterback throwing in balls. So yep. He's at least interesting for me. I like, uh, I'm really interested in Jalen Hyatt. He went to mm. the Giants. The, the Giants, honestly, I wanted um, in Jigba or Flowers to go there because I think yeah. that's a pretty good landing spot. Um, and I think Jalen Hyatt can kind of have an immediate impact for the Giants because he's a field stretching wide receiver, but it's also a team that has a lot of targets wide open. So while I, I don't know. It was a big red flag on uh, Hyatt's profile coming out of college is, you know, he doesn't have a super wide route tree. Um, mm-hmm. He's fast, but overall his talent, I mean, he's he's good. He's a very good wide receiver, but um, the talent had some questions here and there. They're holes in his game, but I think uh, Giants are a place where he can succeed and have an immediate impact. Yeah, I hate Jalen Hyatt as a prospect, but some of that was predicated on the fact that he was projected to go late first round or in the second round. He got taken in the third round, which is, I think, a lot more... Like, where he was drafted was how I perceived him as, like, yep. the 10th best and, wide receiver in the class. And he went to a team with a lot of targets wide open, but a team yeah. that clearly believes in Daniel Jones, and they're actively putting pieces around Daniel Jones for him to succeed. Yeah. So I don't know... I won't, I won't draft Jalen Hyatt anywhere. I'll put it that way. I'm not getting him anywhere in rookie drafts and startup drafts nothing i won't draft him at all i need to see it before i'm willing to that's buy very stubborn him. of you josh it is but i i do i did not <laughs> like him as a prospect i did not like he's think there in he the third good. round you're not going to take him in a rookie you draft? would let you would let him go to waivers yeah i would 
There's Dang. there's guys that will be there in the third round that I'd rather take. Like, for example, Jaden Reed, who was drafted by the Packers in the mid-second. Um, I think he is a better route but runner. But I feel like at, at that point, though, Jaden Reed, and I'm not saying Jaden Reed's bad. I, I agree with you. He's pretty good. But, like, the situation, I think, is better for Hyatt. I think it's better real life than it is for fantasy. I think Jaden Reed could earn more targets than Jalen Hyatt would. I don't see Hyatt earning. Christian Watson's there too, whereas Hyatt, and I'm not saying he's going to be like a dominant wide receiver one or anything, but the wide receiver one role is open in New York, whereas I don't think it is in Green Bay. The pass catcher one role in New York I know is that's, not open. I know it's that's their but The wide it's, receiver it's one like, role is. It's like Baltimore. The like The wide receiver not. one role is open, but the pass catcher is Mark Andrews. Like. Yes. So, I mean, you're right. In that sense, both could be the pass catcher number two for their teams. Um, I just personally believe Jaden Reed's a better player, and I am I am changing how I view wide receivers. I don't really look at landing spot as much anymore. Obviously, if it's terrible, it's a red flag. But like, I sort of do all the work beforehand, look into the receivers, watch them on film, scout them, figure out if they're good or not. And if I think they're good and they don't go to a horrific landing spot, I'm much more likely to take the player that I think is good with a fine to average landing spot than the guy um, that is that I didn't like as much in the scout process that went to a great landing spot. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, I mean, that's fair. so like some people think Njigba is not the wide receiver one anymore because they don't view Seattle as a great landing spot. Njigba is still the best receiver to me. Those people are stupid. Um, Quentin Johnston going to the Chargers is perceived as the best landing spot, but I would still rather have Jordan Addison than Quentin Johnston and you can I argue may, Zay Flowers. I may rather have Zay Flowers over him, honestly. Yeah, and that's just due to me. Like Johnston, for me, was like the fourth best receiver. And even though he went to a great landing spot, like I don't know if the talent is going to shine through. Even though he went to a great mm-hmm. landing spot, so that yeah. sort of applies to all the other receivers as well. Maybe the only exception is Mingo, because I didn't super love him in the scout process, but I could see where you would like him. But it's yeah. just. He's tied to a good quarterback. He's got really good draft capital. That's enough that like he can develop into something. Um, he didn't necessarily seem bad on tape, but yeah. And anyway. we've we've forgotten that um, Kayshawn Boutte is still up there with the top end wide receivers. Yeah, except he's not been drafted yet. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Remember what I said uh, last week or two weeks ago that he was not going to go in the first three rounds, and you were like, I don't know. I was like, no, Josh, no, I, be- I believed going. you. I'm just being, I'm being stubborn like you. You hate Jalen Hyatt, and I, I love Kayshawn Boutte. If, would you take Kayshawn Boutte in the third round rookie draft if he goes in the fifth round? I'll take him late. <laughs> You'll take him late with a flyer. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got I'm, the 309. That's just like a belief. Like, it's a third round shot. I've believed in him, and I'm going to stick to my dang guns. I'd take him in the third round. Like, you know what's going to happen? I've got the 309 in <clears> one <throat> of our shared leagues, and I'm going to take Heishan Boutte just to F with you. I mean, I'm not going to trade you for him. <laughs> <laughs> I know you won't, you won't give me anything for him. Uh, tight ends. Let's, uh, let's run through these real fast. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, the Great. only one taken in the first round, goes to Buffalo. Great spot. Great for Josh Allen. 
Yes. My boy needs some help over there in Buffalo. He does have some good player, good good weapons, but Dalton Kincaid, I think, is it's a big help. Um, I I refuse to take tight ends in the first round of rookie drafts. Oh no, that's that's it takes so long for them to develop. Like I'm not going to take spend a first round pick on someone, yeah. even if they're good. I'm not going to see value for two three years down the road. Yeah, I mean, I took Kyle Pitts. <clears throat> and Kyle, Kyle Pitts, Pitts was man. he different, was different man. and he's still not been good yet. Yeah. Like he was the generational of generational prospects at tight end and he 2 years in has still not returned that value yet. When like he Jamar was Chase when he was drafted there. and still to this point is by far the most the best most gifted tight end in the league. Right. It's not even close. He's and the most he's gifted tight end in the league and he's still not good for fantasy. Like it, yeah. it's just tight ends That's stink. not his fault though. It's not. It's not his fault, but it's just that the tight end position stinks. It's so gross. Um, so while I think Dalton Kincaid is awesome and he went to a great spot, he's a tight end. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I would spend a, um, assuming you don't have gaping holes in your roster, I'd spend a high second round pick on him, like 203, 204, something like that. I'd consider it early second round. I don't know if I could do it because there's still probably – like I said, I mean, assuming receivers. your roster doesn't have gaping holes and like you can afford to stash him, I would. Yeah. Yeah. So it, Kincaid is very exciting. And I think it's because of the perception. People thought Michael Mayer would be the first one taken. He was not. Uh, and Dalton Kincaid got he wasn't first even round the second one taken. He was not because Sam Laporta went. That that surprised me. I'm like, Mayer's still there. I'm, I thought Cincinnati was going to take him. Like, Mayer there, since yeah. he's going to take him, he's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I think it probably speaks volumes that Sam Laporta went to Detroit, the third pick in the second round. Um, yeah, I mean, Laporta was good, but I didn't think he would go in the second top of the second round. I thought um, it'd be great if, um, see, when they did that, I thought it was crazy. I'm like, well, Mayer would have been a great replacement for Hawkinson to have in Detroit. I don't know why they didn't do that, but I guess, I guess they, they like Laporta, Laporta better. Yeah, And I mean, he's an Iowa tight end. Iowa tight ends always seem to be good. Um, but also, I guess that's what the difference was because so was uh, Hawkinson was Iowa too, wasn't he? <laughs> yep. And George so they're like, we can't, we can't take Mayer. We got to have another Iowa boy. Yeah. But I mean, Notre Dame tight ends are good too. Like they've got Cole Komet. They had, uh, was it Kyle Rudolph was a Notre Dame tight end? Um, yeah. There's another one. Uh, Zach Ertz was Stanford. He wasn't Notre Dame. Um, I don't know. There's, there's another one out there I can't think of, but wasn't Goddard, was it? No, he went to – I remember he went to an FCS school. He went to like South Dakota State or something. I don't remember. Um, anyways, Laporta and Mayer, I, view, I viewed Mayer higher. Um, I think Mayer's a better Laporta's, talent. I think he probably is a little bit better talent-wise, but I think Laporta's pretty similar in that like in limited offenses for more than one season, both of them were the main target getter. Like we forget, I was offense is a joke how bad it was for more than one season, but like Sam Laporta was still really good. Um, so in a similar sense, Michael Mayer played on a limited Notre Dame offense and for two years was their leading target getter. Um, so that that is worth something. And they did both go to situations that need a tight end. So they'll probably um, contribute early, but still they're tight ends. I don't expect a ton. Um, but that said, I, I do think that those are 
interesting. Um, yeah, I could be wrong. I could see. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I think Kincaid will be the best tight end in the long run, just because of where he went. But I could see Mayer and Laporta outproducing him for the first couple of years. Yeah, I could see just that. because I. I mean, Dawson Knox is a good enough tight end, and the Bills have him on, on under contract to where they're going to still utilize him. And when it's not other than Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen can be a little erratic with the rest of his targets. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see. But, I mean, obviously, I think it'll be best in the long run. Yeah. Uh, last couple guys I think worth mentioning. You got Luke Musgrave goes to the Packers, who didn't need a tight end. Um, he was somebody that I noted in the scout process as somebody that could be really interesting. He had a ridiculous raw athletic score. Um, and his he's got a limited uh, sample size because of injury. But... In that limited sample size, he was a really, really productive tight end for Oregon State. Um, so, if you look, if you box score hunt, he's great. But if you look at like his career stats, it's like, why the crap did this dude get taken in the second round? There, he's got a few games in there that is just like, this is ridiculous. Like 120 yards from your tight end. Yeah, it's different when you're when your people are taking tight ends. Yes, <laughs> it's like just Kincaid, a little bit different. Kincaid didn't have that big of a pedigree either, like that much. Um, behind him yeah and he went in the first round yep uh let's see here darnell washington was drafted at the end of the third round by pittsburgh i wonder what jake feels about this i haven't asked him i don't know i'd be curious too because um when you take a guy that late to me it doesn't signify that you think he's going to be a weapon offensively i have i don't know about him either yeah I, i don't know how I don't know how much he's going to contribute in the passing game. I think he is more of a run-blocking tight end, which he's going to be incredible at. Um, I feel like he He looks like Kyle Pitts. Not nearly (laughs) as good, but he looks like him. (laughs) He's bigger than Kyle Pitts. He's, you know... Yeah, Kyle Pitts is 6'6", 250, and this dude is bigger than him. Yeah, he's like 6'8", 265 or something. He's He's an offensive frightening individual. He's he's gigantor. That's what he is. Uh... So I don't know. I don't I end of third round to me is not very exciting for Darnell Washington. No. But I mean, this is not me expecting anything out of him. This is more me trying to just be optimistic about him. Um they could they need weapons in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> um I don't believe in uh Deontay Johnson per se. I do like um I'm I'm completely blanking on who their receiver is. They got George the good ones. They George got, Pickens, yeah. The good one. And they got, and they got Friar Muth. Um, yeah. And I really like Friar Muth, and I like Friar Muth. I think he's very good. He's very established at this point. Yeah. But, I mean, just with his raw athleticism, he, they, they could be flash games for him. Yeah. Uh, that about wraps things up. Is there anybody else you kind of want to highlight before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think we're good. Cool. Uh, maybe keep an eye on Josh Downs with Indianapolis. But I was uh, just looking at Josh Downs' name. Like we, I think we mentioned him though. We mentioned um, him, but we didn't really get into him. I, he's interesting. We'll put one more question. I think I have. I'm just curious to see where you think. Um, I know where I like had uh, Zach Charbonnet in like my overall dynasty rankings. Who do you think he fall falls behind at this point? Like overall dynasty rankings or just rookie rankings? Overall dynasty rankings and uh, and Walker for that matter. 
Who okay, jumps? Where'd you where'd you have Charbonnet prior to the draft? Where do you have him now? Roughly, I had him in like the uh, uh, like not far like Cam Akers. Um, okay, not far behind Etn and those guys. I thought he was in that range. Yeah, and I had Walker probably as my RB three in Dynasty. Yeah. And obviously, he he falls down those rankings as the Charbonnet. I'm just curious yep. where in your head he falls. So, <clears throat> Walker to me is still top ten, but definitely not three. Does um, he um, fall behind? I mean, obviously, um, McCaffrey jumps him. Uh, some people had Taylor above or uh, behind him, which I mean, I'm not going to argue. Wasn't going to argue either way if you liked him over Taylor, but Taylor obviously jumps him. He's back to two. Yep. Um, ETN jumps him. Yep. Is Josh Jacobs the line for you still? Or do you like Jacobs better? Probably just because um Jacobs isn't that old, but like he's only twenty five. I yeah, mean Walker's a superior athlete to Jacobs. And Jacobs is entering the threshold now where I want to get rid of running backs. He's about to be on a second contract. Yeah, once he signs that second contract, but... Yeah, so I would still prefer Walker there. Charbonnet for me is significantly lower. He is... I mean, I would have... He would have been like a fringe top 12 dynasty running back for me. Yeah, he was pushing it. He's probably closer to like 25 right now. Because I just, I just don't... I just don't see a pathway for him to be an elite fantasy producer yeah. at any point. I've seen a few people talking about it. I was just curious where in your head they they were to you. Yeah, he he took a tumble. What's going to be really gross is having to decide whether or not he's worth taking at like the end of first rounds just because you know, like I liked him so much as a pl- uh, as a prospect, but like his situation is awful, awful for him to be a producer for fantasy. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be Stuff. tough. <clears throat> That'll do it for this one. <clears throat> if uh, if you enjoyed the episode, leave us a review. It helps us out so much if you do that. Um, you know, if you leave reviews, especially in Apple Podcasts, it boosts the podcast to new viewers significantly. So if you enjoy what the we're doing algorithm. here, leave us a review. The algorithm. You the all-knowing algorithm. <laughs> uh, so please leave us a review and rate the show where you can do that. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Fantasy Brothers underscore or on Twitter at Fantasy Bros underscore. Uh, we got lots of good stuff over there. And um, if you're listening on uh, wherever your podcasts are being listened to, check us out on YouTube. You can find us at Fantasy Brothers over there. That'll do it for this one. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.